Hey guys, welcome to our new podcast. This is Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jessica Sterling, and this is my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. I am so excited. Me too. So basically, we decided that we have such fun conversations, just the two of us, that we thought everybody else should be listening in on those conversations. So here we are. Yeah, this is just really just a way for us to spend some time together every week, but we're hilarious. Well, at least we think so. So Exactly. So here we are. Um, We're basically going back and watching some 90s shows. Um, We're starting off with Boy Meets World because who didn't watch Boy Meets World in the 90s? I feel like Boy Meets World really shaped my young adulthood or my young teenagehood. Um, And but it brought me into my young adulthood. It taught you everything from love to life lessons. And I mean, I was always obsessed and I'm still obsessed. Exactly. And we thought what better way to kind of kick things off than with like a shorter show. It's very digestible. And not only that, but it was like the show that I came home from school and I always put on. Like it was always on in like that, like what, like 3 p.m. block when I got home. (laughs) And it didn't matter what episode it was. I was always watching it. So did you watch it first run or were you only a repeat customer? See, that I don't know. Like, I don't think I tuned in for, like, the when whatever night of week it was on. Like, I don't think I tuned in in that way. Like, I specifically remember it being on, was it ABC Family? Like, the reruns. Yeah, so I did watch it first run at times. But this, the first episode, our pilot, which we're going to get into in a little bit, it aired on September 24th, 1993. So, I, I don't even know, were you even born yet? <laughs> <laughs> I was born. What if it was, you said 1993? 1993, it was it aired. And it ran to May 5th, 2000. Okay, so I was only two years old. So, I definitely wasn't watching it. And even then, like, <laughs> I don't think, like, even when I was really young, like, us kids did not have the remote control. Like, we were not the ones who got to choose what we were watching. So, like... I can't imagine we would have been able to watch it anyway. So I mainly watched it. After school, I came home and there was usually at least a few episodes on. And I like, who knows? Like, we could get into this and there could be episodes I've never seen. Like, that's certainly possible. Mm, I've definitely seen every single episode. And I'm only a couple years older than you. So I doubt that I was like a a four-year-old, a five-year-old watching Poignant's World. But, Mm -hmm. um... I definitely have seen every single episode, but it has been a while. I have done a few rewatches since the first air date, but it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, so whether or not, like, our listeners have actually seen it, we highly encourage. It's available on Disney Plus if you have it, or you could buy some DVDs if you want to. Um, And this is, like, the fun part because I feel like you're definitely a bigger Boy Meets fan boy meets world fan than i am yeah and it'll be interesting to go through it and kind of see you know where i land on stuff versus you who's definitely a a bigger fan and we have something else that's a little bit interesting a dynamic that's interesting in that you were much more of the Corey fan oh yeah and i was and i was the sean yeah truthfully Corey matthews um or ben savage has been my like claim to fame first crush 
since the beginning. Um, he's definitely my number one TV crush, and he still is. And um, it was just something about that curly hair and his like good boy attitude, which I know is not. I mean, everybody wants the bad boy in um, Sean. Um, what I what's Sean's last name? Oh my god, fake fan right here. Well, we'll find out later. Because you know what? In the first episode, they don't even say Sean's name. Um, so yep. it, it doesn't matter. We don't need to know Sean's last name right now. But, you know, I mean, like, everybody wants the bad boy, but not me. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing. Like, I feel like Sean had, like, so many people who were in love with him mm-hmm. versus, like, Corey. Like, or Eric, too, right? Like, other people. Yeah, were, Eric was definitely Eric supposed stands. to be the hot guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the funny thing, and, like, I feel like it'll be interesting on a rewatch to go through and track the character progression, because Eric gets, like, dumber and dumber as time goes on, and he certainly does not start out that way. No, they did him a disservice, but, Mm -hmm. Jessica, so for our viewers, if they've never seen Boy Meets World, I feel like we should give a heads up that there might be some mild spoilers, but we are going to do our best to, you know, not give away huge major plot points. Is that how you feel? Yeah, I would say the show is old enough where we don't necessarily feel the need to, like, actively avoid talking about, like we just said about Eric, right? Like, kind of how his character progresses over time. But it's not like we're going to be referencing huge plot points in future episodes as we go. So feel free if you, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if you don't know, like, Corey and Topanga is a thing, like... Then, like, what, (laughs) then, you know, what are you doing with your life? I feel like they're, you know, forget Carrie and Big, forget Jim and Pam. In my opinion, it's always been Corey and Topanga as TV's best romance. Um, I guess that's up for debate, but that's, I feel very strongly about that. Yeah, and I feel like that's something we'll have to get into because... Is it going to stand the test of time? Is it going to hold up on a rewatch? I'm interested in seeing if that's true. Because nowadays, I would well, maybe back when I was a kid, I was probably obsessed with it. I feel like now when I'm watching a show, I'm more of the mind of get them together already. Let's move on with our lives. Like, I don't need it to be drawn out for six seasons. Oh. Not my thing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll see how that goes. Mm. We got we got some ups and downs, kids, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah, but so, all right, so we might as well get into it. So kind of how our format we're thinking is going to go at the moment is we're looking at doing one episode uh, per week per podcast. We might eventually end up kind of doing two episodes in one podcast, depending on how long the runtime ends up being. They're shorter episodes. It's not a huge plot to usually go over but we can both be chatty so if we decide that we'll just stick to that one episode is more digestible we'll kind of stick with that format moving forward yeah absolutely so I will be the boy meets world historian and I'm just going to set the stage a little bit as I said before boy meets world aired the first pilot aired on September 24th 1993 it aired on ABC at 8 30 and it was part of ABC's TGIF lineup, which um, is like really, really epic for 90s stuff and if uh, for 90s TV shows. And if we, you know, eventually um, do different shows, then we can definitely see ourselves talking about TGIF lineup again because it's just like so iconic. And mm-hmm. it was sandwiched between family members and step by step, which 
I didn't watch either of those shows, but um, they are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't watch Step by Step. It's so good. Really? Well, I was too busy watching Boy Meets World. So, <laughs> um, and then the show's creators was um, Michael Jacob and April Kelly, and they both um, wrote the uh, first pilot. So that's just some history for you. Um, yep, and it takes place in Philadelphia, which is, like, super easy to recognize based on the fact that Corey's a huge Phillies fan from episode one. The, the biggest Phillies fan, as we'll get into. <laughs> so, okay, so let's just jump right into the show. Um, so, right off the bat, we get Corey and Mr. Feeney, like, the legendary duo of the show, in my opinion. Yes, um, Mr. Feeney, played by William Daniels, is iconic as well, and he, I don't know, I mean, I don't think that you're as much as a theater geek as I am, but he played John Adams in the TV musical, or the movie musical, 1776, which was so good. If you haven't seen it, it was Hamilton before Hamilton was a thing, founding father, realness, um, so check it out if you haven't seen it. It's actually really good. It's really good. I believe that. I like, it totally makes sense to me that he would be in that type of role because his voice is just like so distinctly like iconic in that yes. like old timey sense. Yes. He, it's like, it's almost like he has a British accent with no British accent, which is like very confusing. But, um, like if you thought about him, you'd be like, oh yeah, he definitely has like some old timey fancy accent but now i don't Mm -hmm. know where he's from but he is just like a classic he's just the best and mr feeney is definitely the founding father of boy meets world along with Corey. they have a really special dynamic that you'll see for the next seven seasons Mm -hmm. so so Corey's like getting candy out of a vending machine and of course mr feeney has to be like what are you eating that for that's a terrible breakfast and Right then, where you know, like, that we're in for, like, a treat with the relationship between the two. Yeah, he's really trolling Corey over his candy selection, which, what I mean, you know, a candy bar for breakfast, it's it's not ideal, but, like, who are you, Mr. Feeney, to talk about Corey's eating habits? But <laughs> And the funny thing was, is, like, right off the bat, they set Mr. Feeney up with a love interest, which is super Ooh, interesting, considering, yes. like... It's just, like, a weird dynamic that all of a sudden he's, like, super into this woman <laughs> in uh, a cafeteria. I know, I know. It's, it's I, I call her the mystery woman because it's, like, mm-hmm. who are you? Um, but, yeah, so Feeney is always full of classic Feeney burns or wisdom. And we kind of get, like, our first, like, Feeney burn. You you say it because I didn't write okay. it down, but I think I, I know wrote, what you're talking about. So... Um, so what does Corey say? So he, they talk about the nugget or the, oh yeah, he talks about, he roasts his coffee. So he's like, well, you know, I'm eating a candy bar, but you're drinking coffee, which is, I don't know, some sort of gravity stuff, as he said. And then Feeney's like, there's no gravity in space, Mr. Matthews. Therefore, astronauts suck up, learn from them. So, <laughs> I just thought that was such a sweet burn from Mr. Feeney. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really funny, too, to have, like, the teachers burning the students. Because I feel like nowadays, like, I feel like that wouldn't happen as much. Like, maybe it would, but... No, it wouldn't. Because you know why? Because the kids would cry 
I don't, mm-hmm. the kids would cry at home and then, like, next thing you know, like, the teachers get in trouble. But back yeah. back then, it was, like, more so, if your kid is a little shit, then your kid is a little shit and, like, they get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But no, not, I mean, not anymore. I'm not a parent. I don't know anything. Maybe, maybe. Cuddle. That's true. We, bro- we probably should preface by saying neither of us are parents. So, like, don't hate on us for our shitty opinions <laughs> because we don't have kids. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But I support all parents. <laughs> And there you go. There you go. Yeah. We, love, we love all the parents and the children. All the parents. But, like, can I just say that um, Corey or Ben Savage is such a little nugget starting off. Like, he's such, like, a little nugget. I just want to squeeze his little face because I just love kids so much, as I stated. <laughs> well, you know who I thought was a little nugget, which is unnamed Sean in the pilot. Yeah, so... He comes in full force with the hair. Like, oh, he's so adorable. Yeah, so this hair is actually very iconic. And I read that they kind of liked Sean, um, or Ryder Strong, which is his real name, um, because of his hair. And they liked his hair so much, and all the little girls and, like, little boys loved his hair so much that he had to keep this haircut until, like, the end of time. They, like, wouldn't let him change his hairstyle. So he came into the audition with this haircut, and it it, it never left him. I but, totally get, I could see that. Like, even the, even the other kid who's from the Sandlot, I have no, we don't know what his character's <gasps> name is, but the one that they're chatting with. I'm calling him Fake has, Friend. Like, a similar... Fake friend. Fake friend. Yeah, because we don't see him again. <laughs> yeah, because he definitely got, I don't know, fired or, so he was in the Sandlot. I didn't know yes. that. Yeah, he's the kid from the Sandlot who, like, tricks the lifeguard into, like, giving him CPR so that he can, like, kiss her. And he has the big doofy glasses. Oh, well, I I um, I um didn't recognize him. But it, yeah. I another fun fact is that... Corey was supposed to have two friends, two guy friends throughout the series, and they just kept trying new kids. And it it turned out that that seat was eventually called like the chair of death because they kept replacing the children. So we'll see like a couple different um like couple different versions of Corey's fake friends or Corey's friends, and then eventually it just lands on Topanga. So um, we should keep an eye on, like, eye out on that and see which friend, like, if if they did keep one of the friends, which fake friend would we okay. have kept? Um, so this this kid is like obsessed with. I think they're talking about SNL. I don't really know. They yes. keep talking about skits and monologues. Yeah, they mentioned some guy named Steve Lawrence, and I'm like, yes. I don't know who oh, that is. Oh, okay. So a couple things I did. I, I am definitely, like, being such a little historian right now. But I was like, who the heck is Steve Lawrence? And at first I thought his name was Steve Warrant. And then I had to, like, I was Googling Steve Warrant, and that didn't work. But that's neither here nor there. So Steve Lawrence <laughs> was an American singer and actor. And I was trying to figure out, okay, so if this singer or actor was on SNL or some Oh, you know, I don't think it was SNL, in my opinion. In my opinion, it was, like, some sort of, like, um, like Dave, um, Dave Letterman or Jay Leno type oh, of show. Oh, like a late night show. A late that night show. That makes more sense. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, they said monologue. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, are they talking about SNL? I mean, I know nothing. Like, no. I was two years or old. Like, so um, what do I know? Yeah. No, I think it was some <laughs> sort of late night show. So I was like, why would he go, why would Steve Lawrence go on a late night show? So I actually did do a little bit of Googling and I saw that he had no albums that year. So he was not in there for his singing, but he was on a TV show called Bob in 1993. And then in 1994, he was on a show called Empty Nest. So possibly that is what Steve Lawrence was on the late night show. But they do this little, the kids... Do this little thing, which is like pretty cute. And they do this little like skit where they go through how much of the late night show did they make it through? So, um, my, so the, the thing is, and maybe, maybe I can try and then maybe you can try. Um, so <laughs> they made it through the monologue. Monologue? First guest, bad sketch, funny zoo animal, and Steve Lawrence. So, um, I don't know if you want to play like a game with me. <laughs> Did you create a game for this? No, the game oh. is the game is. Um, let's just like reiterate. Like, let's try to see if we can get through it like they did. So it's like Simon says. Simon says. Okay, so let's give it a go. Monologue. Monologue. Monologue, first guest. Monologue, first guest. Monologue, first guest, bad sketch. Monologue, first guest, bad sketch. Monologue, first guest, bad sketch, funny zoo zoo animal. Monologue, first guest, wait, no. No, you're doing good. (laughs) You can do it. Okay. Monologue, first guest, funny sketch, zoo animal or something like that? Totally not, but okay. Monologue, (laughs) monologue. First guest, first guest, bad sketch, funny zoo animal, Steve Lawrence. So um, I can repeat it. Monologue, first guest, bad sketch, funny zoo animal, Steve Lawrence. Monologue, first guest, bad sketch, zoo animal, Steve Lawrence. Funny. Okay, close. Yeah. So that, 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 I mean, can you imagine these little, like, nine-year-olds, like, repeating this? Like, I can, I was reading it and I can't even get through it. Mon- I'm going to just try monologue, first guest, bad, bad sketch, Funny zoo animal with Steve Lawrence. It's like the seashell thing. It's like oh, the Sally it's, seashell thing. I, it's, you know, the actors do this thing where they have to do like, um, like, what is it? Like little tongue. Oh, with like the Broadway thing? Yes. Where they do like the tip, the tip of the nose. Yes. The something or what? Yeah. I suggest for any actors, you should just try monologue, first guest, bad sketch, funny zoo animal, Steve Lawrence. Because <laughs> honestly, it's, it's you know, truly a tongue twister. I can barely mm-hmm. just spit it out. So they kind of like, they're, they're going through all of that. And then we cue right into the theme song, which is not... The Boy Meets World theme song that I'm used to. But I did remember that it was a different one. And it is, like, the most 90s thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you feel about this title sequence? It's, it, like, it's so corny. Because basically, yeah. for those who haven't rewatched the episode, like, Corey's in the middle. And he's, like, moving to avoid, like, flying things. But they're, like, airplanes in this old ass computer like he's trying yeah. to avoid getting like smacked in the head with things yeah it's and it's like ridiculous. cartoons it's like mm-hmm. you know he has this baseball bat and he hits this like fake globe and like there's all this like it's i guess it's just like 
this is what's in the mind of an 11-year-old boy, which, I mean, mm-hmm. we're not 11-year-old. We were never 11-year-old boys, so I can't speak for this. <laughs> so I don't know, yeah. like, if car keys and baseballs and race cars is, like, really, like, a boy's world. But this is what they're selling us. And then it's just a mm-hmm. bunch of clips of Corey shenanigans that um, we'll see either in this episode or the future episodes. And the music mm-hmm. is... Um, very 90s yeah yeah so this is like the old one and then eventually we will get the like classic boy meets world theme i assume it's like next season but i obviously don't there's a ton of um like renditions and versions of the boy meets world Mm -hmm. theme song and it's just not it's not more than it's not only two there's like i don't know they they keep changing it so we'll track that as well Mm mm-hmm so then we get into, like, the the beginning, I guess, of the episode proper. And it's kids learning. You know, they're doing Romeo and Juliet, which is interesting to me because they're 11 years old. Like, I feel like that's, like, very early to do Romeo and Juliet. I thought so, too. I definitely did not learn Romeo and Juliet. Um, they're in sixth grade. I did not learn Romeo and Juliet at sixth grade. I think it was 11th grade when we covered Romeo and Juliet, maybe, or 10th grade. I think 10th grade. I definitely was in high school. more reasonable. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I guess Feeney's having some, like, theater uh, going on with um, Fake Friend. And um, he has to do this, like, bit with another girl. And um, it's just, it's very intense. Very intense. Yeah, that girl is, like, MVP for me. Like, she killed it. I was like, where is this girl and why didn't she last? Because she's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know if we've ever seen this girl again. But, you know, they're doing this thing where fake friend, like, really wants to... I don't know. I guess... I don't know what he's up to. He wants Feeny, to... Feeny wants... Yeah, Feeny wants the fake friend to stab the girl with, like, the fake knife. And she's like, you better not. And it was just, like, very funny. So she's a strong, independent woman, and she doesn't want to get stabbed by the little boy. Which I... Exactly. And we are all here for strong and independent women. We are. So I, can, I, I, I can respect her not wanting to follow script and just, you know, do her own thing. You know, she was improvising. She was. So she was, you know, truly a good actor. Um, and then while this is all going down, we see Corey and Sean do some sneaky, sneaky stuff in the back of the classroom. Yeah, like, Corey's listening to some baseball game, but the thing that I found most interesting is that he's using in-ear earbuds, which I was like, did those even exist? Wait, so, like, tell me that those did not look like AirPods when you first saw him, because you didn't didn't see the wire. Tell me that he did not, it looked like he was wearing AirPods. I'm like, what kind of trippy Tesla shit is this? I was like, what yeah, is it was happening? crazy. Because I know even when I was older, I had like over the ear ones. So I was like, it was insane to me that he had those. Well, yeah, I guess the Matthews family makes bank. I mean, I know what um, Mr. Matthews <laughs> does, and I don't know how he affords his AirPods for his child, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he has, like, what is he listening to? Like, some sort of, like, Walkman type of th- spiel? 
Oh, it's yeah, like a it little walkman. Like walk, walk, it's like a radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little radio. He's listening to the baseball game during class, and Feeney, of course, grabs it out of his ear, puts it in his own, plays a big fat joke because he starts announcing the play, mm-hmm. and it's like a crazy play. I don't know baseball, but I'm assuming the guy like hit a homer or something. But he doesn't announce like the results of like the play, and oh, it was classic Feeney. Classic Feeney. I mean. I, I do understand you should not be listening to um, sports in class. I did do this, though, uh, namely in college. Um, there was a good period in my college classes where I would watch um, reality TV on my <laughs> laptop while I was pretending to take notes. So I do empathize with Corey because, honestly, sometimes class is just boring. And you need something to spice it up a bit. So I don't condone it. Once again, not a mother. I'm not telling all the moms out there to let their kids do this. But I do empathize. Yeah. I mean, he he certainly gets up to some shenanigans throughout his history with Mr. Feeney. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing I noticed about this scene is, like, Mr. Feeney is so dressed up for class. And I'm like, none of my teachers ever dressed like this. Mr. Feeney is totally grandpa chic. And, like, I'm kind of into it in, like, some sort of weird, like, daddy issues way. But, <laughs> um. He has, like, a suit jacket. It's like, a sweater, like, thingy, vest thingy. I underneath. love it. He's, he looks like a college professor. He looks like. Yes. He's, like, takes his job seriously. I mean, what do, what do elementary or middle school teachers wear these days? I don't know, but I doubt it's you know this outfit but I loved it and then now that we're on fashion like have you noticed like have you noticed anything exciting with these this fashion since once again this is 1993 so this is like prime 90s fashion yeah I would say like Corey's clothing specifically gives away the time period the most so he's wearing like a hooded plaid vest with like uh, over a t-shirt and some like jeans versus like like in the next scene we're gonna talk about Eric's outfit to me like I could see someone wearing that today yeah. like it's just like a Henley and jeans yes like, yeah I noticed that too I mean it's very there's lots of plaid there's plaid everywhere mm-hmm. and Corey like really likes the color purple and yes he's either in purple or pink in this entire series and yeah, it, I noticed that too. The yeah. purple is very like Barney purple as well. Yes, yeah. So like fake friends in plaid, like all the kids in the background, they're in plaid. Like there's a lot of plaid. Sean, um, because he's such a cool boy, he's still like in '90s clothes, but he's not. He's like a smidge more modern, a smidge more like contemporary or cool boy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, you know. With as well as his hair, he was also kind of like a fashionista of his day. So, mm-hmm. um, another thing to take notice of, but yeah, like the 90s fashion is it's baggy, it's like you know, yes, the, the g- it, yeah, everything they wear is like at least a size or two <laughs> too big. I know, why did they do that? So, like, did they just make clothes bigger, or would you like purposely buy a size like? XL when you were just like a tiny small. I feel like they just made them slightly bigger because like then you obviously time goes on and things become like better to be wearing like super tight stuff. Mm, But yeah like especially the pants. The pants I feel like give it away the most. Ugh, Those pants are like give me the heebie-jeebies. I'm currently looking (laughs) at 
our actor extraordinaire in her like so she's wearing this like oversized like teal t-shirt and these jeans that literally make me want to barf when I look at them they're just like <laughs> wide-legged and wide foot and it's just not quite bell bottoms but I guess like you would call those like a wide-legged like boot cut and they just give See, me that I was jeans. all about that I was all about a boot cut flare leg jean. <laughs> that was my jean of choice. And I also really liked the really wide leg pants because, like, I was super insecure because I had, like, some chunky thighs and I was, like, very insecure about them. So I really appreciated a good, like, wide leg jean just to not make me, because I, like, did not have the thigh gap. Like, girls had the thigh gap <laughs> and I did, was, like, I don't know what that the is. The last time I had a thigh gap, I was one and a half. And maybe not even that. <laughs> I had what's called the chub rub instead of yeah, the thigh gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, like, appreciated a, a nice flare leg boot cut when those were in style. What I did not like was in the, let's see, like, early to mid-aughts when, like, low-rise jeans were in. Oh, no. That thing. was my worst nightmare. And thank goodness we're not it going was. to be covering that in any of our 90s shows, hopefully, <laughs> because... Early 2000s fashion is really a choice, and it's quite scary. And like, it is. The simple if you're life not skinny era. The simple. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Um. That was like scary times. But um. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I was like a big lover of the bell bottom. Um. That yeah. was like kind of when that came back when I was. In middle school, so not 1993, that was, okay, like 2000, <laughs> 2001, so totally not the decade that we're covering, but that when the bell bottoms came back, I was all about that, so. Yeah, exactly, and it was more of like, like, you get them so extra long that they drag on the ground and they fray at the bottom. Yeah, that's what happened to all of my jeans, and then I realized that that's not, that's not normal. No, it's not normal. And my mom, like, every year would be so annoyed with me because, like, when I was a little kid, the biggest issue was that I was, like, a very outdoorsy, like, rough and tumble kind of girl. And, like, she'd buy me new jeans and they'd immediately have grass stains all over them. And, like, yes. then when I got into, like, my teenage years, they would just get, like, the drag marks on the bottom. I want to know how we did that because, honestly, I haven't had grass stains on my pants um, probably since middle school so why was that such a common occurrence and i sit on I me mean, i don't i don't wrestle i don't wrestle people on the ground <laughs> who were you wrestling as a young adolescent lady <laughs> i was really i had like a neighborhood childhood friend and we would like play like football and stuff like i was not the like not for the faint of heart like i was like about it yeah but you know who is wrestling right now is fake friend with the little independent woman. They are looking like they're about to s- literally stab each other when we come <laughs> back from <laughs> Mr. Feeney, like, stealing Corey's Walkman. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think this would be, like, uh, go well in the 2020 classroom. No, I don't think so either. I don't even think they'd have a fake knife. Maybe they would. <laughs> yeah, they had a fake knife. Definitely mm-hmm. not. Not allowed. So yeah. So it wraps. But again, we're not parents. No, so no. Free to give your I mean, if you have, knives. if you give your kid a fake knife, then you know what? That's that's truly on you. But I can't judge. 
So, so we move on to like <laughs> to Eric uh, in the bedroom in their classic bedroom. They both have twin beds side by side. Oh so wait, cute. sis, you forgot to mention that Corey got detention. Oh yes, he got detention. Yeah, he got detention. Okay, so <laughs> moving <did>. on. <laughs> So Corey got detention. So Eric, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Corey got detention, and Eric is in their bedroom, which is super cute. It and has like plaid I said, too. Did you know that the wallpaper is plaid? Yeah, there's plaid plaid everywhere. It's coming back, or like it's it's now come back yeah. from the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. And basically, Eric decides that he wants to go on a date. Now, him and Corey are supposed to go to a baseball game together, but Eric invites this girl named Heather instead. Heather Morris. Um, so, yeah, so Eric's talking on literally an iPad-sized phone with an antenna, which if you've never seen that, that's quite, <laughs> quite a sight to see. And at least it was wireless. At least it was wireless. It was wireless, which is pretty impressive, actually, that Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a corded phone, like a rotary phone on the thing. But yeah, so he Mm -hmm. is getting a date with the hottest girl in the 10th grade, Heather Morris. Um, So, um, yeah, so he's on the phone with her and he, he got the date with the hot girl. Good for him. And he's supposed to be like the hot boy. I mean, I don't know how you feel about his look, but he's supposed to be, like, um, the cool older brother, like, hot guy. I believe it. Like, he's pretty I, – I feel like he's good looking. Like, he has the hair, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's dressed pretty well. Like, I, I, I feel like I do believe that he is, like, the cool older brother in this situation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely. And you're right. Like, his – his outfit, too, is fine. Like, I can see anybody wearing that. Yeah. Like, you you wouldn't be surprised to see somebody wearing his outfit today. No. So, you know, Corey is talking about how the Phillies made the playoffs, and they're so excited because they happen to have tickets for that game on Friday. And Corey just talks about how he's so excited to go, and he has detention, but it doesn't matter. He'll just meet him on the bus, yada, yada, yada. And then Eric... Breaks it to him. Yeah, he's ditching him for his date with Heather. Which, um, as an old, I'm an older child and you're a younger child. So we might have different views on this. But, um, I mean, we'll get into it in a second. But Corey straight up, like, tattles on his brother. Like, he goes... (laughs) beeline straight tattling to his parents which is like such a snotty thing to do um (laughs) it's really obnoxious and i honestly i hate toddlers like i really do so um you know that is just like really annoying and you know he how do you feel like how do you feel about this now the biggest caveat is that eric paid for these tickets Right, and that's where I think, I think that's where the the argument ends, right? Like, if this was, now this would never happen with me and my brother. First of all, I hate sports. Second of all, like, we would never be doing any activities together by choice. But let's pretend that this was my brother and I. He is four years older, which I'm trying to think, like, that sounds about right. Eric and Corey, there's a four-year age difference between them. Okay, so that, I figured that sounded about right. So let's pretend that's us. Like... 
if like my parents would probably not be pleased and but if my brother had bought the tickets himself well then it's on him to choose who he wants to bring so like I feel like that is where the conversation ends I do agree. So I'm glad that you said that because I thought you were going to take the snotty younger child stance and be like, well, he was invited first. You have to like, you know. Well, it's like a shitty thing to do. But like you're a 15 year old boy and you have an 11 year old brother. Of course, you're going to like do a shitty thing. And it's the hottest girl in the 10th grade class, Heather Morris. So, yeah, I mean, that's. And of course, her name is Heather because it has to be. Because it's the 90s. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, um. Is very, yeah, it's very 90s. So, yeah, so Corey, mm-hmm. like, snitches, but, like, you know, there's, like, a, a wrench in this because, oh, my God, somehow his parents know that he got detention. So he's, like, mm-hmm. they're already, like, not very happy with Corey. So maybe if Corey did not get a detention for listening to the Phillies game in class, maybe they would be more interested in hearing his argument. But, like, he already messed up in that regard. Um, and this is like the kicker. Um, Mr. Feeney lives right next door. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna see this come back like a million times. This is like a very important aspect of the show is that Feeney lives next door. And the funny thing is like the parents, like based on their reactions, it doesn't seem like it's uncommon for Corey to get detention. <laughs> Um, I know it seems like it's like pretty much like an everyday occurrence, but maybe like, I mean, maybe Feeney does have it out for Corey. Like, it seems like he's like pretty up Corey's butt, like since the beginning of the day. And I, I almost feel like it's a little like, leave me alone, dude. Like, I'm just trying to live my life. Yeah. Like, why are you trying to give me detention? Yeah. So basically, like. The mom finds out that, like, oh, the Heather agreed to go on a date with Eric, and, like, she's all she's excited. excited. It's very cute. My mom has never paid that much attention to my life, let alone my love life, ever. No, I feel like it's so awkward. Like, I would never tell my parents, like, oh, I have a date. Like, that's so weird to me. But, like, they're very close. Like, I feel like at this point in the podcast, I will reveal that, like, my family is not the lovey-dovey Corey Matthews family. (laughs) Like, that we're not like that. So a lot of times when it's, like, very, like, emotional connections in these families, I'm like, sorry, can't relate. I don't understand what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, I can, um, you know... I mean, I have not been shown that much love, but I can't. I, I, I mean, I, I romanticize about the classic 90s family. I mean, you saw it a lot between, like, Full House, which actually did get a shout-out in the pilot episode. Um, in, uh, you know, so, you know, you see this, mm-hmm. like, trope a lot as, like, the strong family dynamic um, in these shows. It wasn't until, I think, like, I think that's, like, just an, a popular trope the, in this era. Yeah. is like, a strong, Definitely. close-knit, like, all-American family. Right. And it's always, like, mom, dad, a few kids. Usually it's yes. three kids, right? Yeah. Like, yes. so, that, and then always, too, like, just like in Full House, where you have Michelle Tanner, like, Morgan is always used for, like, comedic relief. Because she's yes. the youngest. She has quippy comebacks. She's a so, cutie. I mean, she is, like, just a yeah. cutie patootie. I mean, her and Debbie are definitely the dynamic duo, and Debbie's the doll. But they're true best friends. Yeah, she cracks me up. So, like, basically the parents are trying to say to Corey, like, listen, like, one day girls will be important to you, too. You know, like, you're young, but eventually they'll be important to you, too, and you'll understand. Yeah, um... 
I know, which is like hard to hear from an 11 year old boy. Girls are gross. Ew, like you got cooties, but whatever, whatever. It's hard to hear that as a sixth grader. Um, but, you know, he, Corey just like doesn't get it, you know? Like he, you know, you have to, it's, you know, he doesn't understand, you know, the emotional content of Full House. How can he understand the emotional content? of um his life or relationships or Romeo and Juliet so um so yeah I mean it is what it is Corey got ditched and it's it's hard but you know you gotta suck it up Corey you know but he doesn't take it well does he no he's very dramatic about it (laughs) so we go to the next scene of like they're, they're doing the whole gross school lunch thing or, uh, like, that's disgusting. Mine's fuzzy. Mine's bouncy. Whatever. Yeah, but, like, you know, why are they getting such gross lunches? And, like, fake friend gets, like, good lunch. It's just... Well, he's a, he's the only child, so he gets to bring in oh, his lunch. Oh, lucky him. Lucky him. He gets bagged lunch. But here's the thing. Like, I remember when I was in, like, middle school, we used to have our, like... The joke used to be who can bounce their hot dog the highest because they were so bouncy. Why did we do that? Like that. <laughs> it was so gross. I don't know. Like, I remember pizza. We always had pizza on Fridays. Like, pizza Fridays were the best. Yeah. And they were always, like, the, ch- uh, the what is it, stuffed crust with cheese. Oh, my God. So good. I always got the Caesar salad when I was in high school from school lunches. But Caesar was spelled C-E-A-S-E-R. <laughs> Which is like, (laughs) and they never corrected the spelling. So um, that's what I remember from school lunches and the fries, of course. Um, We used to do like in elementary school, there used to be like a McDonald's day or like a Subway day. Do you remember that? (gasps) Yeah. Oh, you didn't have that? that? But like you had to sign up for it. Like you had to like fill in the slip and your parents had to like send in the check, yada, yada, yada. I remember one mm. day for McDonald's Day, um, I didn't get it. Like, my parents didn't sign me up for it. And I had an emotional breakdown, so much so, that they wound up, like, giving me pity McDonald's. Because... Oh, my God. Did this happen to you often? Where you, like, throw up and then you get things <laughs> I mean, probably. That's probably my scam. But I just remember this one particular time, like, I just really made, like, a big stink about McDonald's Day. And it's, like, there's no reason why they should have given me the free McDonald's. They should have just been, like, you know, you idiot hooker, like, you know, you can't have the free McDonald's. Like, you can't. But, like, I don't even know. Like, did I, I'm not quite sure if, like, I came with lunch, with a bagged lunch, and then I saw every other kid have McDonald's, and then I made a stink. Or maybe, like, I came with no lunch. And in that case, what was I supposed to do? I had to make the stink. It was survival <laughs> mode at that point. This is the life of a Pisces. <gasps> I know. Emotional <laughs> breakdowns on the reg. I mean, I can. I have a talent where I can fake cry, so maybe it was just, like, a whole a whole scam. Scamming You're at... You're just your skills. Yeah, scamming at 10 years old. Anything's possible. Yeah. So, so they're they're eating their lunch, and then Feeny is also eating lunch in the school cafeteria, with which my, is interesting yes, because with mystery woman, yes, he saves her a seat. Ooh, well, Corey wants to scalp tickets at eleven years old. <laughs> As a non mother, how do you feel about your invisible, non existent child 
going to the Phillies stadium. I don't know what stadium that is. Going to Phillies stadium and scalping tickets with his two, like, eggy friends and just, like, scalping tickets with, like, the creeps. Like, how would that make you feel? <laughs> you know what? I think, have I been to the Phillies stadium? I think I have. What's it called? Phillies stadium? Hell if I know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm pretty sure I've been there. But, yeah, like, as a non-mother... Like, don't let your kid do that. <laughs> don't, please. Don't let your kid. I don't know if Philly's Stadium is in a good area. It could be, like, you know, in a safe area. But, like, just don't. This shouldn't be, like, this is a bad idea. Oh, you know what? I did go to one. I did go to one. And it was fine. Like, it wasn't, like, in a bad area. But I don't know how they would get there. Like, I guess maybe he said he was taking the, the bus. bus. He said that, yeah, he says the bus. Yeah. Because he was going to take the bus anyway. So he tries to get out of detention from Feeney. And it doesn't go well again. <laughs> no. And this is where, like, you can, you know that it's in the 90s. Because, like, Feeney says, like, whiny little people like yourselves. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine a teacher saying that now? I'm a, I'm a whiny little person. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine <laughs> somebody saying that to me. But, um, so he's like, you don't like me. Evelyn, the mystery lady, meets Corey for the first time. I guess she's, like, a new teacher, like, but... It seems like it, yeah. So she is the most 80s, 90s in attire out of the whole bunch. The glasses. With the glasses, oh with the chain, and, like, the mm-hmm. little blouse with the high pants with the belts. Yeah. It's a look. But I like it. And yeah. you know what? Hipsters <laughs> would wear this now, so... Oh, yes, they I've would. seen. I think the only thing that didn't come back as much is, like, the hairstyle. Like, the feathering. Like, no. that's not back. But, but you know what? The Casey Musgraves, like, feathered bangs, like, Farrah Fawcett bangs, that is kind of yeah. coming back. So, it can come back. It might come back. I know, but, like, the thing with bangs, though, is, like, the minute that you get bangs, you decide that I don't want bangs. <laughs> Yes, people, don't let yourself or your friends get bangs. Don't let it happen. That's the golden rule. (laughs) Yeah, like if your friend has a breakup and says, I want to give myself bangs. Don't do it. Don't let her do it. Don't do it. And don't give yourself bangs. I have, I know somebody that just gave themselves quarantine bangs and they're in the (gasps) middle of their forehead. And it's just like, oh, I I said, I didn't, I didn't say it looked good. I didn't say it looked bad. I just let them live their lives. So yeah, that's a that's a bad that's what we call a bad decision, folks. It is a bad decision. So, <laughs> um, moving on to the next scene and a bad decision. Yes. Um, Corey has decided that he no longer lives in the Matthews residence, and he now lives in a treehouse on the Matthews residence property, which. Is the most, like, common 90s trope is, like, not only is there a treehouse, but a child decides to run away from their house. Like, I remember when I was a child being like, I should run away, because I literally saw it on television all the time. Have you never ran away? Um, I think I threatened to. I'm pretty sure I wrote my mom a note that was like, I hate you, (laughs) I'm gonna run away, and I made her cry, and then I felt horrible. Oh, Jessica. (laughs) Um, I actually did run away, like, all the way down the street, like, packed my bags, like, brought my little red, like, pole wagon, and I, like, I booked it. I booked it. Where did you go? Down the street. 
I came back. Obviously. <laughs> How long was it? How long I, did you I mean, in my mind, it was six hours. In reality, it was probably six minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, usually, <laughs> like, little kids' brains, like, it's, like, a lot longer. I'm pretty sure I, like, always threatened. And I want to say one time I, like, because I had seen it in, like, books and stuff, I took, like, a pole and I tried to tie, like, a blanket <laughs> filled with stuff on, like, the end. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> didn't work. Brilliant. I know. My bri- my brilliant brain. Like, this is what I do. I love that. And I'm pretty sure it didn't work. So, <gasps> Mom Matthews is so nice. So nice. She mm-hmm. brings him dinner as a... Like, I feel like if this is my mom, she's like, you come inside and eat or you don't eat <laughs> Yeah, so maybe Mom Matthews is really, like, an enabler. <laughs> so, she brought him such a good meal chocolate pie, barbecue chicken, and corn on the cob in a lunch bag that looks like only has like a sandwich in it, but I mean, that mm-hmm. seems like a big meal to be fitting into a little lunch bag, but she brings it and I mean, good for Corey. He got a good meal out of this deal of hiding mm-hmm. in the treehouse. Yep, and so he's chilling out. He's looking at Mr. Feeney, like, setting up a dinner for two, like, all romantic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a phone call, and he answers it, and he, like, puts the one, like, set of dinnerware away, and he starts, like, feeding himself, like, salad while, like, freaking Corey, like, munches on a drumstick. <laughs> this is so sad. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very invasive. And yes. I, I mean... It's, but you know what? But the funniest thing is, is that when Corey's chomping on this barbecue chicken leg, it's like the most um, Ben Savage thing. Like it just like flashed me forward like six years to like something that like teenage Corey does, and mm. it um, it felt like very nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah, it is, like, interesting. Like, I don't feel like we see the inside of Mr. Feeney's house much. Like, I know we see, like, the the adjoining yeah. of the yards, yeah. but, like, no. So he has, like, like, a nice little, like, traditional dining room, and he's, like, setting up this nice little spread, and he gets a phone call, and he has to, like, clean up the second plate, and he just makes salad for himself, and it's very, like, sad sack, so you're just, like... Poor Feeney. He gets ditched, and you're made to feel like it's Evelyn, and Evelyn, the new teacher, has has ditched him. Yeah. So we end on, like, the sad musical note. The and sad then music. The next day, I can't. So That's sad. sad music. <laughs> it's... And then the next day, like, Corey just, like, is sneaking into his own house to, like, get new clothes. Yeah. Um... <laughs> This is, like, a half-baked idea. But you gotta do what you gotta do. He needs new underwear. So, he needs to do it. But, of course, his mom catches him. And now is the time for the mother-son talk where she even, like, pats on the bed to get him to sit down. And I'm, like, flashback to every 90s show. Yeah, yeah. So, and this story that she comes out with is such BS. It's, like, she, it's, like, okay, how can I make... (laughs) my son feel bad for something that happened 10 years ago. I'm going to tell him a story (laughs) where he ditched him to play, like, catch or something, like, nine years ago. And, like, Corey shook. It's like his world is rocked. What do you mean I ditched my dad? I would never ditch my dad. Um, 
But I mean, he did. I mean, this is like what it's like growing up. You meet your friends and you would rather hang out with your friends than your dad, I guess. Yeah, so, like, there's the line where it, where his mom says, it's natural that people grow up and priorities change. And I'm like, you know, this actually is, like, a very, like, what we'll come to know about Women's World, if you haven't already watched it, is that, like, there's always, like, a lesson to be learned in every episode, right? right? And, like, this is the lesson of this episode, is that, like, yes, you're young now, you're only 11, but, like, when you grow up, you'll see that, like, priorities will change. And yeah. that's kind of where this... Starts. And I feel like Corey learns that as the years go on now. We see him as, like, a very young 11-year-old boy. And um, by the time the show ends, he's in university. Um, a, I think he's in, in his early 20s when the show ends. So you definitely see the progression of all the main characters, but definitely Corey. This is a show ultimately about Corey and ultimately about Corey learning and navigating um, his way of growing up to become an adult or a young man. So mm-hmm. you'll see his progression as the show goes on. And he'll learn that lesson as well. Yeah, exactly. And he's like at that kind of that good age for it. Like you're 11, you're starting middle school, you know, you're kind of like first. I feel like 11, I don't, I don't know about most kids but like that's kind of probably when a lot of kids start like noticing like romantic feelings and all of that stuff so it's probably why they kind of set it up in that time yeah it makes a lot of sense to me yeah so we now go into like uh, Corey's now in detention <laughs> yeah this is 38 <laughs> minutes into detention 38 which is kind of long for a young kid to have detention but yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, I never had detention, but, like... You never had detention? Like no. You're such a good I would have cried. <laughs> I know. I would have cried. I only got in trouble, like, once, and I got sent to, like... It was, like, in lunch, and so, like, I didn't get to go to recess. I had to, like, go... They told me to go to the principal's office, but I never even saw the principal. I just sat in the chair, like, in the office and, like, cried because I was so upset oh. because I never got in trouble for anything. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I I was a good kid, but I got detention. In high school, I mainly got detention because even though I lived across the street from my high school, I still was, like, notoriously late, like, to school all the time, mm. which you might say, hey, Sarah, like, that doesn't seem right. Like, how in the world are you late for school when you live across the street? Well, you know, when you have less time... Um, or if you have, you know, less of a distance to go to, you feel like you have more time, but you really you have less time because you wake up at, like, 7.55 when school starts at 8. So, you know, that's what happens. So I got detention a lot for that. But one time, um, this is, like, actually a, a, my one of my deepest, darkest secrets. But in second grade, or first grade, I was on the play gym, and I was, I think we were playing tag, and I accidentally in my mind it was accidentally but like the <laughs> okay I swung my legs and kicked another little girl in the head um and I'm going to stand strong with that it was a mistake I was not frustrated oh that I was not catching up to her in tag I'm going to stand strong and say it was a mistake I was in first grade it was a mistake 
But the little girl felt like it was not a mistake. And I actually, as a first grader, got detention. They did not have detention when I was in elementary school. I think that they made detention specifically for me. (laughs) Because you can't work on that. (laughs) See, like, (laughs) when I was a kid, I I specifically... See, this is how much... Okay, so, like, when I had... I think we talked about this before, like, off the podcast, but, like... When I, when I first got, like, AOL Instant Messenger, <laughs> like, my, um, I almost said handle, my screen name was Miss Goody Two Shoes, <laughs> and so, with, like, the O as, like, a zero, and, like, that could not be more accurate, because, like, I was, like, a, like always a rule follower, and I remember having nightmares when I was going into sixth grade, which for us was, like, middle school, that's when middle school started, and I remember having nightmares thinking that I was going to get detention. Like, I just had nightmares. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get in trouble and they're going to send me to detention. Oh, no. Meanwhile, this bitch has never even gotten a trouble a day in her life at school. You- and yeah, I think I'm suddenly going to be in detention oh, yeah. constantly. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I almost got locked up. Very different from you. <laughs> but that's, that's okay. So, like, me and, like... Because, like, me and bad boy Corey, but we're really, like, good kids, but we're bad kids because we're in detention. <laughs> we're sitting in detention, and um, Corey is, like, trying to get Feeney's attention in detention because yeah. Feeney hasn't spoken for 38 minutes, which is shocking for Feeney because I'm sure, like, he was just, like, bubbling with wisdom and was just waiting yeah. for his perfect time to, like, jump <laughs> and be like, yeah, like, this is my wisdom. He was probably, he's about to go into, like, a classic mo- uh, Feeney monologue. And he was probably, yes. like, writing this monologue in his head for the last, like, 38 minutes because why else would he be silent for all this time? Yeah, I really feel like Feeney's just, like, preparing himself mentally. Yeah. Like, I'm about to just spout some wisdom all over this kid's face. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, by the way, he's reading this Romeo and Juliet, like, book that I totally had. It's, like, this yellow book with, like, Cliff, it's, like, Cliff Notes book. I had that, but whatever. So, um, yeah, so, you know, Corey admits that he's a creepy stalker. And he was watching Feeney last night. He admits that he was watching Feeney eat salad. And Feeney really just needs to invest in some currants, truthfully. (laughs) Yeah, basically, Corey's like, I don't get why you're defending love so much. Because obviously, love has let you down. So, like, why are you defending it so hard? Yeah. And, like, Feeney just, like, rips him a new Oh, my God, yes. And Corey's eyes just go, like huge he's terrified he's so scared yeah. he knows that he's in like deep doo-doo and he's about to get like seriously reamed yeah so like feeny goes on and on basically going about like on about like how like i live next door to you and i have seen like your parents love and their real strength comes from like being a family and like he basically is like on and on and on about how important love yeah, is man and, and like, woman man and woman very heteronormative but that's neither oh, here nor yes, there very like very 90s like nowadays yeah. i i do not think they would word it like that <laughs> no all. it's like yeah yeah yeah. he's like but yes he's like the real strength um is like you know of love is is um is in family so it's very like it's very like classic life lesson like you know family 
it means everything and that, um, you know, he should be lucky that he has a family that loves each other and loves him and that they're a good family and yada, yada, yada. I've watched your family for the last couple of years and I've seen how much everybody loves each other, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and I feel like this informs us a lot about, like, Feeney himself mm-hmm. because, like, we ob- obviously he lives alone. Like, we don't know much about his background. Like, has he ever been married? Does he have any kids? Mm-hmm. Like, anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we immediately know, like, I mean, he, like, obviously seems kind of lonely, you know? Like, he even says, like, there's no greater aspiration than to have loved ones in our lives, Mr. Ma- or to have loved in our lives, yeah. Mr. Matthews. Yeah, which is kind of, like... <laughs> So, like, a, it is a great aspiration, but, like, as you can agree, like, we can have more than one aspiration, so. Yeah, it's a little, also a little bit, like, deep for, like, an 11-year-old. Yeah, I don't, but I don't like, understand why Feeney thinks that Corey's gonna, like, grasp, like, an inch of what he's saying, but he goes with it because yeah. he's been bubbling for 38 minutes and he's trying to get out his entire <laughs> monologue. Yeah, and not only that, but Feeney's, like, sitting on a desk when he says it, so you know it's time for, like, serious teacher-student chat. Yeah, so basically is sitting in the desk, and then he gets up on the desk, and then he goes around the desk, and then he's, yes. like, talking with his hands, and he's just, like, comes right to the desk and is, like, giving him, like, his all, uh, and talks about, like, philosophers and bubbles, poets, and it's, like, what do they all have in common? Yeah. And then Corey says, what, they all took your class? <laughs> Which I thought was a sweet burn. It's yeah, a sweet burn. it was so good. He's like, like, you're fucking old as shit, Feeney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So know that they're older than 11, so you can't possibly know. But if they can't possibly know, then why are you forcing them to read Romeo and Juliet? It's like, you're saying that, like, you're 11, you can't possibly know about love. But then you're teaching them lessons about love i just think that he should like re look at his subject material and maybe like lesson plan a little bit better for his age bracket but yeah i mean like i could see like depending on how some 11 year olds i feel like maybe mature a little bit quicker than Corey, but like certainly like there are other specifically like shakespeare texts that you could like point to for like betrayal friendship like Mm -hmm. more probably age appropriate appropriate. yeah yes so phoenix says something funny that i just want to point out he's like you come in in the beginning of the year and you leave at the end of the year and i don't know how much um I taught you or what you're what you've learned from me and I just think it's ironic because for our listeners that don't know Feeney is somehow their teacher from sixth grade to like college he mm-hmm. <laughs> it's insane he follows them. he follows them in almost like a stalker like way as Corey yeah. like they kind of stalk each other so it's a little questionable, um, but this is not the last time we're going to see um, Mr. Feeney in any regard. Yes, yes. So, like, that's kind of, like, the big lesson of the episode, and then Feeney lets him out of detention at that yeah. point. He's like, our detention's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so we end up back at the, the Matthews residence, and um, we find out that basically Eric had, like, a real crappy date. Yeah, like, Corey's, like, still kind of frustrated. I mean, he decided to move back home, and that's all well and good. He's playing, like, some sort of, like, Space Invaders type game, 
And Eric comes home and he's just like had a bad day and a bad date. And like he says that, you know, um, that, you know, she was a great date. Heather Morris was a great date. She's like perfect. She's gorgeous. She said everything right. She did everything right. Yada, yada, yada. But he spilled food, um, tripped over seats and had nothing to say for nine innings. Um, <laughs> if that was how your first date went, like, how would you feel about that? I don't know. Like, <sighs> I feel like this is not the Eric that, like, we know. And maybe it is, like, a progression of the character as it goes, like, later on. Like, maybe this is his, like, first date ever. Oh. Like, we, if he's only 15, it's certainly possible. Yes. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like... It could be endearing. I've never had a... Yeah, like, I've never had a date like that. But, like, I also feel like... Why were you, like, I don't know. I've always been more of the philosophy, though, of, like, I usually date somebody who, like, I'm already friends with. So there isn't that, like, awkward moment as much. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, she's, like, the coolest girl, coolest girl in class. So he was nervous. But, yeah, like, Eric, um, he gets through, like, cocky stages in his life. He gets through yeah more dummy stages in his life. And this is definitely, like, baby Eric. Like, he's... Definitely nervous about the girls. I think that, um, I don't know. I think it could be his first date, which is, like, kind of exciting, but kind of, like, a big deal. Because my first date, it was definitely, we were just going to the movies. And he brought her to the Phillies playoff, which I feel like is, like, very impressive for a first date with, like, a yeah, new girl is, at that is 15. true. That is true, but, like, I do feel like Corey's advice is better, though. Like, bring her to a movie. You can't talk during that a movie. That was some good advice, right? That was some yeah. very good advice. So, yes, maybe a movie would be more up your speed. And um, Eric takes his advice and decides to call Heather, but he does ask Corey, like, what's the change of heart? And it seems like Mr. Feeney did leave an impression because he said... So he's heard love is worth it. Yeah, exactly. So you do kind of, there is like that like moment where it clicks where like the lesson was learned for the episode and it's further proven when Corey goes like downstairs and hangs out with like Morgan and they have their whole like cute scene. Yeah, because I don't know if we got into it that much, but like Corey was definitely like a jerky older brother to sweet baby Morgan and her doll Debbie. Yes. Like there was like a time where like Morgan tried to give Debbie to him at the treehouse and like Corey was like, Why would I want your dumb doll at the treehouse? And like she's like, Okay, like bye and like Morgan keeps, like, you know, Morgan looks up to Corey, like, Corey looks up to Eric. Um, so, you know. Yeah. So he decides that he should try with Morgan, and he decides to have a tea party with Morgan. And, like, Morgan savagely, like, throws Debbie after all of Debbie, Debbie does <laughs> for Morgan and all the support that Debbie gives to Morgan. Like, she just gets thrown out of the tea party like you can't drag another chair morgan so that debbie can join the tea party too but whatever like disrespect your number one best friend that's fine yeah morgan gives like no fucks <laughs> and i feel like that's gonna also be like a trend because, yeah because like she just like i feel like she just like 
she just goes on with it. Like, she kind of, like, yeah, she's, like, the youngest and, like, people probably, I mean, I know, like, the middle child is, like, ignored, right? But, like, I feel like the youngest child is always, like, they kind of just give up at that point. Yes. And so she's kind of just, like, real carefree and kind of just, like, I'm going to just sip my tea and sit back and wait for you people to come to me. Yeah. So she has, like, a sweet moment. She asks, like, if um, Corey can put her to bed because it's bedtime, but they just started having tea. And, um, you know, Corey, like, takes the responsibility of putting his little sister to bed. And, um, and his mom asks, like, why, what, like, what's the change of heart? Why? And he says, I don't know. I don't understand anything about my life. And honestly, same. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can relate. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's. That's the episode, end of the, like, episode proper. Like, they have, like, a sweet little endearing moment where, like, Morgan, like, kisses Corey and he's just like, yeah, thanks, whatever. And then we get, um, we get a scene after, um, the initial credit or how, I don't know what you call that. I'd say credits, I guess. Okay. So, (laughs) so we're back in the cafeteria. Yes. Yes. And it's like. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny because this is where we find out that, like, it wasn't, like, the mystery teacher that Mr. Feeney was on the phone with who he got, like, ditched by. It was, like, his sister because we see him ask out mystery teacher and she says yes. Yes. What a plot twist. I mean, bigger plot twist than any Game of Thrones episode, truly. <laughs> so. And he's Feeney is such a con man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, like, is, like, purposely, like, having this conversation in front of Corey, and he's, like, confused, Mr. Mm-hmm. Matthews. And Corey is, like, yes, I am. And Feeney says, as you should be. So mm-hmm. and it's so it's a good way to end the pilot, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is our pilot. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Like, obviously, we're missing some important characters. Topanga isn't there yet. Mm -hmm. We don't even know the parents' names yet. Sean doesn't even have a name yet. So, like, we're still early days here, but, like, it's going to be fun, and I'm excited to kind of track. I mean, I'm sure we'll have, like, different things we're tracking throughout, but mostly, like, character progression and kind of... Seeing it, obviously the fashion is going to be, like, important to track. Yeah, that's... I'm excited to see, you know... I'm going to get out the hair crimper because we're going to see a lot of crimped hair in this show, mm-hmm. which I truly love. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it's going to be fun. We'll kind of go through it. So, like I said, so most likely we'll be doing like one episode or yeah, one episode of the show per podcast. Like we said, if it, we decide that we can squeeze two, I mean, this was our first one. So we'll kind of see how it goes. But um, we hope you guys like had fun listening and enjoy all our little tidbits. Yeah. Um, if you'd like us, you can like totally subscribe on whatever podcast app you use. You can follow us on Twitter at shit90spod. Again, that's at shit90spod. Yes. Um, and you can also follow us on Instagram there. And um, Jessica, is there anything that you want to plug? Oh, I don't think so. We're just like, I mean, for those who are listening in real time, we're like, in August, in the pandemic, we're just 
trucking right on through. So this will be a really fun, like, pandemic project. Yeah. And we hope you guys listen along. And I'll also, if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, I'm at the Jess Sterling. That's three S's. And I am at Sarah Ferguson, so no H, and um, F-E-R-G-E-N-S-O-N. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thanks so much for watching, guys. We're so excited about this project. We're so excited to follow along Boy Meets World. And we have some pretty exciting shows to cover after Boy Meets World. This is not a Boy Meets World exclusive podcast, but our future projects are to be determined and you'll know of them soon. Absolutely. Oh, and if you have any questions or anything, you can always tweet at us. Also, we set up a Gmail address at shit90spod at gmail.com. So feel free to send in some emails. You can send in any of your questions, any feedback. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, and until next time, um, we are signing off, I guess. <laughs> see you soon podcast. for season one, episode two. Yes, we will see you next time. Season one, episode two. Bye. Bye.